Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Coming your way this morning from uh, typically uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. That's where the arena is for tonight's game. The Rack, as they call it, the Rutgers Athletic Center, or as they officially call it now, I guess, the uh, Jersey Mike's Arena, which doesn't sound nearly as imposing. But uh, the Rack is where the Illini will play. The hotel the Illini are staying in is actually in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and that's where we come your way here this morning as we join you for a penny for your thoughts. Glad you're with us uh, here this morning. As we uh, come your way here for these two hours, we'll have an open line in the uh, first hour. A lot to talk about, a lot of headlines to uh, look at, uh, both uh, locally and nationally. Second hour, we'll be joined by Mary Schenk and Jeff D'Alessio from the News Gazette. They'll join us in the second hour. We'll talk a little more in depth of what happened at uh, Marketplace Mall on Saturday and what was happening there. Uh, and what the the charges were, and what's the story of all that. And then also yesterday had the uh, community uh, forum in the News Gazette, as uh, Jeff always does on Tuesday. Some of the folks that were actually in the mall when all of that happened or were away from the mall when their uh, young people were actually there uh, involved in that situation. So some uh, intake on that. We'll certainly do that. And then uh, the different solutions, of course, we've been talking about. And we'll get the, kind of the media's perspective as Mary covers this on a daily basis. And Jeff, of course, the editor of the News Gazette, puts everything together as well. So we'll talk with those two folks in the uh, next hour here this morning from New Jersey. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Some of the uh, national headlines, what's up with Russia and Ukraine? Do we know what Vladimir Putin is up to or not? Is he playing games with us? What's what's going on? Polls out show Americans are pessimistic about the future. Ford, the motor company, suspends production or cuts production due to computer chip shortages. Of course, that's been, uh, people tell us, that's what's been driving a lot of the uh, cost of used cars and getting new cars and all of that, why they've been up has to do with the computer chip shortages. Uh, Victims' families settled for $73 million with a gunmaker Remington from the uh, Sandy Hook shooting 10 years ago. Here uh, locally, uh, Alexander Steakhouse closes. The list of restaurants that have closed uh, because of the pandemic over the last couple of years. Others that have stayed open with the help of their customers is a story today in the News Gazette. Champaign City Council voting 7 to nothing to approve $3.1 million for fighting crime in our community. The News Gazette editorial talking about the legislature has to work on crime and how little time they have. <laughs> I think the number was 26 actual session days to work on it. And Jim Dye uh, with a column today. We'll talk to Jim on Friday. Jim Dye 
talking about how crime could play a role in the state election this year in the state of Illinois. It'll certainly be on the on the front burner. Illini against Rutgers tonight here from Piscataway. Illini game day at 4. The tip is at 6. Illini baseball starts this weekend. We'll have those games on the radio as well. So uh, those are some of the things we're covering here today. Of course, the uh, Durham report, we talked about that yesterday a little bit with Justice Robert Steigman. If you missed any of that, you can always go to WDWS.com and check out the podcast on that. Blake Land is our producer today. Ed Bond helping us here in uh, New Jersey. Glad you're with us. 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Got a handful of texts left over from the show yesterday with the judge. Uh, We'll get to some of those as well here as we go this morning. All right, so a busy day ahead as you celebrate the special person in your life this week, and hopefully you did with Valentine's Day. Give them the love letter that lives on, an estate plan. Preparing an estate plan ensures your family and financial goals are met after you're gone. We never know when the inevitable will come for us or for our loved ones. And according to a survey from Caring.com, more than half of Americans, 60%, do not have an up-to-date estate plan. Busey can help with that. UC Wealth Management here to guide you through the estate planning process. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY to discuss your wishes and to request a message to my loved ones. Connect with Busey on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We'll come back, get it started, open line this first hour, our community conversation with Mary Schenk and Jeff D'Alessio in hour number two here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us. Stay tuned. More to come after this timeout. Back in New Jersey as we come your way on this Penny for Your Thoughts here. Sunny, about 25 degrees here in New Brunswick. Will be uh, The team will be headed over for a shoot-around here in a little bit. And they will be over in Piscataway for that at the uh, Rutgers Athletic Center, or the Jersey Mike's Arena as they call it. Now for Illinois and Rutgers. Rutgers, the uh, hottest team in the Big Ten. They've won three straight against all ranked teams. They defeated Purdue earlier this year. Illinois beat them at one time. Illinois led by 35 in their game against Rutgers back in December, but Rutgers playing a lot better now and uh, making a bid to not only contend for the Big Ten title here with the right combination of events, but uh, make the NCAA tournament, of course, as well. So big ball game tonight, 6 o'clock here from Piscataway. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Had a lot of questions that overlapped yesterday with the judge. We uh, hit on very late in the show with Justice Steigman about the Palin case, uh, which the judge in New York threw out. Uh, As far as that, he sent it to the jury. The jury came back. It's very hard to prove what Sarah Palin was trying to prove. It's very, very difficult uh, to do. And uh, so we'll see what happens there. Also, uh, we heard the judge's take on the Durham report. We got to that, so there were several questions in regards to that. Uh, Good morning, Brian. Wondering if you could have Steve Beckett come on the show and discuss the Durham report. Trump was right when he said he was being spied on, Dick said. Yes, Steve, it would be great to come on and talk about that or anything else. (laughs) He's 
Very sharp guy, of course, and we've had him on before, and I know he's been uh, on our radio station several times over the years. He does the, uh, what, the monthly visit, I think, with Gentry and CW. So, yeah, I'm sure he uh, would have a great take on it. Uh, got an email yesterday that said part of the argument for having concealed carry was a citizen could pull out his or her gun and stop an illegal act going on. So if a mall says no guns, which person gets in the most trouble doing the illegal act in a mall or the person pulling out using a banned gun to stop the act? So unless a business posts no gun area sign, it is illegal to carry one concealed into a building, say at a church. That was a question that came in yesterday. Somebody else mentioned Merrick Garland, of course, is now the attorney general. Someone had a question about fentanyl in substances. How does the judge weigh in on charging drug dealers for murder when they put fentanyl in substance not asked for? Despite illegal drugs being freely asked for, adding fentanyl is not part of the user's plan. What's the definition of being a conservative? What does a conservative stand for? That was a question. Again, uh, and I'm sorry, we were up against the clock yesterday. Just couldn't couldn't get to them all. We were flooded with uh, questions. Somebody had a comment on Nancy Faye's salary. Her salary, according to the Daily Illini, is 545000 I sort of understand the enormous salaries of the revenue sports. But if you compare Nancy's salary, considering her record, to a many-year tenured and valued professor, this is not right. We need better results. Of course, uh, yeah, everybody would like to see better results. Bottom line is, uh, you know, you got to win games, and Coach Faye knows that. Everybody knows that. Uh, but certainly uh, not. Uh, they've, they've struggled this year, there's no doubt. What does the judge think of mail-in ballots? Are they safe? Thank you. We had that one come in. And let's see here. I could listen to the judge all day. Somebody mentioned. Okay. I think we're uh, I think we're pretty much caught up on the ones that came in right near the end of the show. 217-356-9397 is our number. Carl is there this morning at 918. How you doing, Carl? I'm pretty good. How about you? Good. Um, I saw a video on YouTube last night. The guy usually just reviews different songs from different eras and stuff, but he was upset. Got on, made a video about uh, what the problems of uh, people celebrating the wrong way in Los Angeles. He says there's rioting and looting going on. Hmm. To supposedly celebrating the Rams win. Yeah. And he was like, he he really was upset about it, and he said, "I'm from one of the worst ne- the worst neighborhood in Los Angeles, and I don't want to see this happening." So he went to a seven minute thing. But have you heard anything about the of such things in Los Angeles? I I haven't I, seen anything. Beyond I haven't that. seen any stories about. I know they're having their they're having their big parade today. I guess um, I think there are. Um, I don't know. I, I I have to Google and see. I don't. I haven't seen a lot of stories about celebratory riots in Los Angeles after the Super Bowl win. I I have to tell you, I I um, <laughs> having lived in the Los Angeles area for a couple of years when I was out west doing baseball with the Angels, the passion for sports out there. I mean, it's Los Angeles is so big. It, it's a different feel than Chicago, for instance. 
where everybody's either a Bulls fan or a Bears fan or, you know, it's very strong. And when those teams are doing well, Los Angeles is just kind of fragmented. I mean, there's so many other things to do. I mean, USC has their pocket of fans and UCLA has a pocket of fans and some people are Rams fans. The Rams were there for years, then they left and went to St. Louis and they came back. Uh, I don't know if there's the, quite the – I'm not saying there's not fans, but there's not quite the same passion for their sports teams that there is in some of the other cities that we see in the Midwest, for instance, I think. So okay. maybe they don't – I, I was maybe they don't get, maybe they don't get. it was the only thing thing I'd seen about, you know, that the guy lives right there, so I was just curious if you'd – and you've got more, more – uh, uh, tentacles out about the news than I do. So, but uh, I'd I'd like to mention my eleventh book was published last night. Eleventh, wow! Finally, yeah. What's the name it took of me it? So long to do it. Yeah. But anyway. Well, good. So, okay, what's the name Brian, of it? So, what's the name of it, Carl? So people can go look for it. Uncle Mortimer's Apprentice. Okay. It's a six book. It's a six book in my series of sorceress and her family. Okay. And they can just go on to Amazon or go somewhere and look for it. Go to go to Amazon. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Very good. I'm sorry to put on a commercial, but hey, that's all right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm e- I'm an egotist. Hey, anyway. that's all right. Thanks, Carl. Bye. Appreciate it. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Yeah, it's a different it's a different dynamic in Los Angeles. I eh, with their sports teams. And I, for example, every time the Angels would play the Yankees in Anaheim, there always seemed to be more Yankee fans there than there were Angels fans. I was like, where are all these Yankee fans coming from? Same way with the Red Sox. It was always that way. I don't know why it is. And when the Rams played in uh, Los Angeles in the NFC Championship game, San Francisco had more fans there than the Rams did, it seemed like. I mean, I don't – it's just weird. I'm just kind of giving you my own experience with that. All right, 217-356-9397. Champaign City Council approves $3.2 million dollars uh first of two years uh from uh, coronavirus funds from the federal government are going to be distributed to several organizations in town uh to community programs there's all kinds of things in there you can read about it in the news gazette but it was approved last night by a 7-0 total and we'll talk to mary shank and jeff delessio about that a little bit in the second hour but 259 Confirmed instances of shots fired in Champaign last year alone. And, of course, 16 dead, 61 injured. Urbana, 115 confirmed instances of shots fired, 10 deaths, and 24 injured. Those are the uh, the numbers that are pretty stark. The GOP and the state legislature, they, of course, I know Chapin Rose was a part of this, a package of six bills crime bill, uh, things that they were bringing up. The Democrats promising solutions, according to the editorial in the News Gazette. And the legislature, this being an election year, they want to be done with everything. Normally the end of the legislative session is like the end of May. 
They want to be done by April 8th because it's an election year. I mean, they've got to get out. 26 session days, the editorial says, they actually have to work on something like this if they want to get something passed in the state legislature. So the community effort here locally will go a long way towards helping, I do believe, but we'll see. They did approve it last night. 7 nothing was the vote. Ron Penny, for your thoughts, 924 at uh, DWS. Let's go to Bob. How you doing, Bob? I didn't get to say happy Valentine's Day yesterday. Oh, well, happy Valentine's <laughs> the re- Day. The reason I wanted to mention it, because yesterday is when I met my wife for 55 years. Oh, is that right? Yeah, come up March 4th, it'll be 55 years we've been together. Now my question was, is something on the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know what your opinion or what other people's opinion is. When the Super Bowl comes around, I think it should be played on neutral ground. Well, it normally is. It normally is. yeah, but when you had Rams, you got then you got people tickets to a pretty good sized stadium there. You got all the activities that showed on TV and stuff. Well, people are going to want to go there. Reason I men- mentioned that it should be on neutral ground for a championship is I played sports too, and I know when you're on home ground you're a little bit more pumped. I can't say that, that the Bengals weren't pumped, and I didn't watch the game, but I still say the other team, when you're on home ground, the other team has a little bit of a disadvantage. Oh, but, yeah, probably yeah. a little bit. I mean, it just so happened now they picked the Super Bowl cities years in advance. Yeah. So it's not so – um, I, I just yeah. – I just, just want people to hear that and, and get some opinions off of that situation and see if anybody agrees with me or not. Because, you know, like I said, when it's home ground, you're a little bit more pumped. And I, I say most of the time uh, you're going to win on an average. All right. Well, thank you, so, Bob. So – yeah, so uh, I hope in the next Super Bowl they have, they'll be uh, on neutral ground. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, Super Bowl yep. is, of course, picked years in advance. And I'm looking up to see where it is supposed to be next year. It just so happened the last two years it's been in Tampa and Los Angeles. And as it turns out, those two teams two teams have won the Super Bowl, as it turns out. <laughs> Tom Brady and now, of course, uh, Stafford and the Rams. Uh, I, I was curious to wonder if the Rams, you know, they played in that stadium. Now, they share it. If you don't know, they share it with the Los Angeles Chargers, who used to be in San Diego. There's two teams playing in that stadium, so it gets used every week. It's kind of like the arrangement the Giants and the Jets have in the Meadowlands. They, they share the same stadium. I just wondered if the Rams got to keep their same locker room. I assume they did for the Super Bowl. That certainly would be one advantage. 217-356-9397. If I remember correctly, this is the day, a listener says, 
February 16, 2007, the U of I announced the end of her tradition. Chief Alinawick no longer performing at sports events at the University of Illinois, Chuck says. Yeah, was this the day? I have to look it up. Was this the day of the last dance? And has it been that long ago? That's 15 years ago. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, 15 years ago. That's hard to believe. And a text says on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, I was doing some work in Alney yesterday. Saw the famed white squirrels. First time I had seen one. Very unique to the area. Does anyone know how or why they exist there and not in other places? That's a good question. I know uh, our friend Jim Turpin, he was from that area, of course. He always talked about the white squirrels. <laughs> and they've got some signage in Aldi that reminds you that they live there. But I don't know if they're just not if they're just there. They like it in Aldi and they just don't go anywhere else. Or if there are other places that people see them, I do not know. 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. If you need a generator, some service upgrades, inspection reports, rewiring, well, MX Electric. Our man Max is the man to call. Max, of course, involved in the community to an extensive level. He does that uh, run he does every year at Christmas time in the St. Joe area to benefit local charities. So he's plugged into the community. 217-359-7293. MX Electric, they can fix big problems with your electricity. They can fix little problems with your electricity. They'll do a great job for you. My dad had some work done uh, by him, and he said he's better than advertised. So there you go. Take his word for it. 217-359-7293. MX Electric wants to be the company you turn to when you're in need of electrical service. They look forward to working for you. Big, small, doesn't matter. Don't be embarrassed if it's a small project. They'll do that too. MX Electric. One of our sponsors on a penny for your thoughts. 929, news headlines coming up here at the bottom of the hour. First, this time out on an open line here on Penny. All right, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour here just after 9.30. Glad you're with us here as we come your way from New Brunswick, New Jersey. Beautiful day out here. Man, a lot of people live out here, let me tell you. <laughs> just flying in as you uh, fly into Newark, of course, right across from New York City. Just a lot of, a lot of buildings, a lot of people. So it's a big place, and I think the airport was 35, 40 minutes from the hotel. The arena just a little bit away as well over in Piscataway. The Illini and Rutgers. The Illini lost uh, in this building in Rutgers the last time they played here. It was in December of 2020, last year, last uh, athletic year, 2021. The Illini lost a uh, high-scoring game. I think it was 91-88 in that one. All right, let's go to the uh, CBS News here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Glad you're with us uh, for the updates here and all the news and all your comments. Certainly welcome. Along the way, our news brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Here's CBS News with an update.
right back. Any for your thoughts here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Appreciate the update there from CBS and Bloomberg. We're at 937 as we come your way from New Brunswick, New Jersey. They line up with two road games this week at Rutgers tonight at 6, at Michigan State Saturday morning at 11. Indiana didn't help us last night. They had a lead on Wisconsin. They let it slip away. So the Badgers inch closer to Illinois. Minnesota fought early against Ohio State, but then kind of faded. So the Buckeyes are certainly in contention. Penn State helped out. They defeated Michigan State. But if the Illini are going to win the title, they're going to have to earn it. And they're going to have to start tonight at 6 with Rutgers here in Piscataway, New Jersey. 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll have Mary Shank and Jeff D'Alessio join us in the second hour today, our community conversation. Kind of have the media perspective, but also a little more detail on what happened on Saturday at the mall. The shooter in that case charged with a Class X felony. Mary Shank had that story in yesterday's News Gazette. Speaking of yesterday's News Gazette, somebody had a question. There was a, uh, for Valentine's Day, there were some ceremonies that took place in the Champaign County uh, Courthouse, marriage ceremonies. And there was a picture of Craig Swope and Angela Slates react to being named husband and wife Monday as the uh, judge there conducts their Valentine's Day wedding at the Champaign County Courthouse in Urbana. Been kind of a tradition that goes on. Arnold Blockman started it years ago, and Randy Rosenbaum, and they've done it over the years. And there's a picture of Craig Swope, and someone asks, is that the same Craig Swope who played for the Illini in the 80s. I don't know if that's him, but it could be <laughs> based on the picture. I don't know. He looks roughly, looks to be about roughly my age, which would be about the time when uh, he would have played at Illinois. So I, I don't know. But uh, Craig, of course, great career at Illinois, went on to the, uh, to the NFL for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Indianapolis Colts. I also checked, by the way, I looked up, where the Super Bowl is next year, because Bob had mentioned a home field advantage. We just so happened that uh, the last two years, the Super Bowl was in Tampa, and that's Tampa Bay won it. This year happened to be the Rams. They've selected Arizona next year, so maybe that bodes well for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know. Could be 2023, but if it happens that way, it's uh, it's kind of rare, but now it's happened two years in a row. So I don't know. 217-356-9397. Uh, let's go to the uh, phones here. Sally is with us. How you doing, Sally? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing very well. Um, the last dance for the football game was November 11, 2006, and the last one for the State Farm Center was February 21, 2007. Okay. So we're, uh, I guess they announced it a week before, and then it was the last one a week later. That's right. what... Yeah, I'm looking be. at the pictures on my wall, so. Okay. Well, I I had forgotten they staggered them like that, but I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Hmm. But I wish we had him back because it sure would the morale would should go sure go up. <laughs> well, yeah, I miss seeing it. That's not going to happen. I I miss seeing it myself, but uh, Yep. That's uh, Well, you have a good day. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Sally. Okay, you too. Bye. Yep, you bet. 15 years ago now. Wow. 217 356 9397 is our number. There's a lot of 
interesting acts that are out there now. You go to a Big Ten tournament in particular, but uh, you've got the uh, lady that, um, what do they call her, the panda, I think, the the young lady who balances herself on the unicycle and then flips china plates up on her head. They've got that that they do. Uh, Jesse White tumblers, we've seen them a couple of times, I think once in Champaign, once at Northwestern. There's, of course, the uh, quick change. Was it quick change? I think it was. One of the members of that passed away, so they don't have that act anymore, but. A lot of them out there, but uh, at Illinois now, the last 15 years, we've not had the Chief. Wow, I still can't believe it's that far back. 217-356-9397 is our uh, number. A couple of notes here on Rutgers for tonight. The last two years in the Big Ten, the uh, Scarlet Knights are 30-24 and 24 against Big Ten opponents. You say, well, that's that's a nice number. I mean, six games over. 500, but here's where they've come from. Their first five years in the Big Ten against Big Ten teams, Rutgers was 16, 16 and 76. The first five years in the Big Ten. So Steve Peichel's done a terrific job with Rutgers. And again, the Illini defeated them earlier this year, December of 2021. The Illini led that game by 20 at the half. They hit 12 threes in the game and uh, blew out the uh, Scarlet Knights in that game. Kofi Coburn had 13 points, 15 rebounds. Plummer had 24 points. The Illini out-rebounded Rutgers 47-33 and one going away 86-51. I can pretty much guarantee you. Now, I'm be happy if I'm wrong, but I can pretty much guarantee you that will not be the score tonight. will not be that lopsided. <laughs> not here. In New Jersey, but we'll see. I hope it is. I'll take it if they want to. They want to do that. All right, let's go back to the phones here. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Let's go to Craig. How you doing, Craig? Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Good. Good to have you on. Thanks. Thanks. Well, you know, it's that time of the year now. We got petitions circulating, and uh, I want to thank all the good people who've been signing petitions out in this cold weather, opening their doors to myself and others who are helping people get on the ballot. And uh, with a June primary, which, you know, we've never really had. Usually we'd be having a primary in a couple of weeks, but we're actually going to have a June primary, so that'll be very interesting. But I was calling to mention that many people probably don't know or are not aware that the 13th district where, you know, Congressman Rodney Davis has been representing us for a while um, is now an open seat. Uh, Mr. Davis got uh, drawn into the 15th district, and so there's an open seat here for the 13th district. It actually runs from Champaign all the way down to East St. Louis, and Champaign has somebody from our city, David Palmer, running to in the Democratic primary, and I think it's really exciting. Our city is 28 percent of the of of the uh, district itself as it relates to Democrats. We're really the the largest county along with uh, St. Clair County. And so it's a real chance for Champaign to have a congressman come out of the city. And I think it's exciting. And just wanted to get your thoughts on what you think as it relates to this upcoming election and how things are going to play out. Yeah, that, that district, the way they uh, – they <laughs> you're not surprised the way they drew it. You knew they'd throw two Republicans together uh, in another district. Yeah. So that's that's not a surprise. 
but yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting district the way they've drawn it, as you said, all the way down to East St. Louis. Uh, love to have somebody from this area, and I see David Palmer was interviewed, and we'll talk to Jeff D'Alessio about that about uh, the violence conversation and uh, yeah. what solutions yeah, there might be in the legislature. But yeah, he was uh, he'd be he'd be good. Yeah, you should have him on your show here coming up. Yeah. I think I think one of the things is, you know, he played basketball at Iowa. Of course, he's here, you know, a country financial agent here on Neal Street. And he's just a really good guy, understands the community. And, you know, from what I've seen, he, he, he can talk to all different parts of the community. He's been involved everything from the Farm Bureau to the Boys and Girls Club of Champaign. So I, I just think that I hope Champagne really takes a hard look and sees the opportunity to have, you know, our city, which is actually the largest population, our county is the largest population for this particular district. As you said, they, they drew it Champagne. It goes real narrow down 72, takes in a little Decatur, near, real narrow to Springfield, takes a little Springfield, then straight down 55 to, and then opens up down there at uh, St. Clair County. So I, I hope that the, at least as it relates to Champaign County, that we really give this, uh, David, a hard look and, and, and take advantage of this opportunity. Well, very good. I appreciate you uh, bringing his name up. And, yeah, he's one of, what, four people, I think, running to represent Champaign-Urbana. Yeah. That. In that district. Well, yeah, so, yes. it's interesting. They, it's interesting in the the Democratic primary, which will be in January and February, uh, June. The other, he's running against somebody who has voted in Chicago the last five election cycles. Never lived in this area until September. She moved and bought a house in in Springfield. So, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. It's like. There's a lot of good candidates, uh, elected officials who could have run for this seat. I, you know, Carol Ammons won. Even uh, I think one of the candidates they overlooked was uh, uh, our township supervisor, Andy Kornstrom. I mean, he's a firefighter. He's been good. He would have been a great congressional candidate as well. So for some reason, the establishment went and got somebody out of D.C. and parachuted her into Springfield and I guess, you know, it was trying to force feed us that, but, you know, in today's yeah. po- politics, the last thing you want is just, you know, big bosses choosing our candidates. You know, I want somebody who lives here. And and like you said, we have the, the Republicans have two interesting candidates, one of them being a woman who uh, is a, a an heiress of the ADM fortune. So I think she'll have some money and, and, and you know, have a, she's got a very strong personality. And so I think that's going to, as well, going to be a very interesting primary. So I think it's going to be a fun time here through June, and we'll see how engaged people get trying to get to the polls in the middle of their summer vacations and July 4th festivities. Yeah, sounds like you might be voting for him. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely, you know, I, I'm encouraged, I'm excited about the fact that we have, you know, these last, few congressional candidates none of them have come from champagne and yet all of them are here spending a lot of time because we're a big block of the vote so it's just very exciting that we've got somebody from our community who who understands our values and 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 can articulate that in a very effective way and i just you know I'm, i'm it gives us something to work hard for all right hey thank you craig 
Thank you for your time, Brian. Appreciate it. Very day. good. All right, you too. Uh, the other candidates he mentioned, Nikki Budzinski, Reagan Deering, I think I'm saying that right, Jesse Rising. Uh, Reagan Deering is a Decatur Republican. Uh, David Palmer is a Champaign Democrat. Uh, let's see if I've got this right. Nikki Budzinski is a Springfield Democrat. And Jesse Rising, the uh, fourth candidate in that 13th district, is the Decatur Republican. So you got two from Decatur, one from Springfield, and one from Champaign running in that particular primary. Remember, it is June now, as our caller mentioned. So there you go. 217-356-9397. As always, it's early in that, but uh, I would do your homework, obviously, on any of those four, and uh, what you decide to do certainly is up to you. That's why they uh, have primaries, right? All right, 1050, 9.50. 10.50 Eastern. <laughs> Looking at the wrong clock. 9.50 Central. Back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. On a Penny for Your Thoughts, coming your way from New Brunswick, New Jersey today as we uh, join you here today on this Wednesday. A couple of road games for the Illini at Rutgers tonight at 6. All of our game day coverage comes your way starting at 4. And, of course, the 11 o'clock tip Saturday from East Lansing in the morning. Hey, here's a, if you're thinking about food here coming up in a little bit, Wendy's, new sponsor here on Penny for Your Thoughts. And here's how you can get some great Wendy deals. Download the Wendy's app today. A couple of things happen. You get free food. You can order ahead. You can order delivery. And you save money with app-exclusive offers. How about a $3 off on any $15 mobile orders? Only now in the Wendy's app. That's the way you can do it. Get the Wendy's app. That's how you can get the $3 off any $15 mobile order. You can use the Wendy's app to have your Wendy's favorites delivered right to you, wherever you are. Here's some other great Wendy's deals. $2 off any size salad. $2 off a premium combo. Buy one, get one dollar premium hamburger. And really, the great thing about this is it's really easy. Just get the Wendy's app. Go to the reward store. See all the delicious items you can get for free with your accumulated points. It kind of feeds on itself, no pun intended, okay? You get the app, you get the deals, you get points, you get free food. It all adds up, right? That's great math. Get the Wendy's app to get it all. App registration required. Save money, earn free food, order ahead, order delivery, all with the Wendy's app. Wendy's, one of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. One of the stories, uh, national stories today, the victims' families, from Sandy Hook, hard to believe that's been 10 years ago, settled for $73 million with a gunmaker, Remington, in that case. What that does going forward with issues similar to that, we will see. Let's go back to the phones here with a couple of minutes to go before the top of the hour. Uh, Danny's with us. How you doing, Danny? Morning, sir. Good uh, morning. Yeah, on that, on that uh, Remington, the uh, Sandy Hook settlement you just read about, mm-hmm. I, I just thought I'd state the obvious about the slippery slope, you know, a precedent like that being set. You know, I could understand the sentiments behind the people and, you know, guns kill people, whatever. No, it's people that do. And, and the slippery slope is, you know, we can extend that line of thinking to, okay, guns are made to shoot things. Baseball bats are made to hit things. So let's let's shoot 
let's sue baseball bat manufacturers when someone could beat someone to death with baseball bat. Knife companies, you know, your steak knives, let's sue those manufacturers when they're used in a killing. Uh, big lighters, let's, let's, so those are made to create fire. So when there's someone killed in an arson fire, let's sue the big manufacturing company. Matter of fact, if they use gasoline, let's, let's sue all the petroleum manufacturers and such. So it's really going to be a slippery slope. And I think it's just going to drive up prices because when somebody gets sued, they got to pay out money. You know, we're going to add to inflation. I think it's just people out looking to get money from somebody for that they don't have to work for. And it's just part of what's the Sioux happy nation we live in. I think it's just a doggone shame about how things are going. I'm pretty concerned it's going to be a slippery slope, even if that does get challenged and it doesn't stand. You know, if it, that's, that, that'll be a good thing. But if it does stand, I'm pretty concerned about the direction we're heading here. And that's all, really all I had to say. So. Okay. Thank you, Danny. All right, sir. Have a wonderful Appreciate day. Appreciate you, bud. Bye. Thank you. 217-356-9397 is our uh, number. We've got Jeff D'Alessio, uh, Mary Shank. Those two will join us. Mary, of course, covering all the uh, courts and crime and uh, does an unbelievably uh, great job with that. We'll have Mary on. And then Jeff D'Alessio, the editor of the News Gazette, will join us as well. We'll talk more about what happened on Saturday at Marketplace Mall. Uh, kind of get into the the details of that. Who's saying what in that case? And why, how did an argument over shoes, apparently, allegedly, wind up where it did? And I know Jeff had a lot of reaction from people that were in the mall or maybe had kids in the mall on Saturday that are, you know, obviously very concerned about uh, what happened? So we'll talk to them in the second hour. Uh, somebody mentioned, your last caller mentioned Representative Davis and uh, the incumbent and Palmer. Obviously has not looked into Mr. Palmer. He's not an experienced candidate. I encourage everyone to do their research. Experience matters, the listener says. And says, you're allowing that man to do a free political ad. Please do not allow a political show. Well, <laughs> I doubt if a call to me in mid-February is going to tip the scales in a primary in June. And uh, they'll... They'll all be buying time, I'm sure, on the station. So uh, I'm pretty sure of that when we get to uh, closer to June. So I'm sure you'll hear about all of them uh, here along the way. But uh, but I do appreciate uh, your text. All right, 217-351-5357 is how you can reach us on the text line. Jeff and Mary join us here in the next hour. Thanks to Blake Landa for uh, producing things on that end. Back after the weather and the news from CBS, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, headed for 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217 217- 356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or send an email to talk at wdws.com Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. And welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Had a great conversation in that uh, first hour on a variety of topics, as we do on an open line. Today, coming to you live from New Brunswick, New Jersey. And, of course, across the way in Piscataway, they'll be playing a a basketball game tonight. You may have heard that. Illinois and Rutgers tonight at 6 o'clock. Our game day coverage starts at 4. Nice and sunny here in New Jersey. I know we got some snow on the way, apparently, in the next... uh, 
48 hours in Champaign. We'll see uh, how that goes, how much. I don't think it'll be anywhere near what we had before, but it could be a problem with the uh, snow and ice. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Habib Habib will join us for a little while tomorrow, and he'll have a couple of guests, the electric power engineers. There's a new power grid company opening in the research park at the University of Illinois. We'll have something on that tomorrow. Also, LeConte Nix, the uh, basketball coach at Champaign Central, they've been involved in the community. News Gazette had uh, something on that yesterday, uh, reading to uh, young people, but also having a dinner with uh, some law enforcement folks coming up. So we'll talk to uh, Coach about that in a little bit uh, tomorrow as well. Jim Dye joins me in the second hour. We'll have a two-hour open line on Friday and Jim Dye, as he joins me a couple times a month, will join us on Friday at 10. Okay, I've uh, set the stage for our next hour here, of course, on Wednesdays, following the Tuesday Community Forum, the town hall in the News Gazette that Jeff Telesio has put together. We follow up on Wednesday with uh, some guests. We've had a lot of great guests already, and we've got more to come. Today we have two great guests as well. Mary Shank is with us. How are you doing, Mary? Good morning. I'm I'm Okay. Yeah, glad. I'm sorry I can't see you in person, but I'm wearing orange and blue. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, that's good. It's my alma mater. And that's right. And Jeff D'Alessio is here as well. Jeff, good hey, to have bro. you again. Good to good to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about, and uh, certainly the uh, the story on uh, from what happened on Sunday. I guess we'll start there, Mary. Uh, first of all, how do you hear about stories like this? Do you have a Okay. A radar well, detector that goes up, or what happens? Just, just to correct your fake news, it happened Saturday. Oh. Sat. What did I say? <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And I. Oh, that's not a. That's not a good start. I'm sorry. No, Saturday. It's okay. Um, I happened to be working at the time. I work a Tuesday through Saturday schedule, and which really is seven days a week. But anyway, um, I I heard the scanner chatter about shooting victim and you know closing down the sidewalk near the food court and um possible shooter at you know was at macy's and i, I think i could tell from the tone of the exchanges you know that i didn't think it was an active shooter it, my thought was you know somebody got shot outside and didn't really know a whole lot more else about it and quick sent off a request for information to Lieutenant Ben Newell, who is the new head of investigations at Champaign Police Department, who is very helpful and very responsive when he can be. And I thought, okay, got to give these people time to do their jobs and kind of just just waited. And pretty soon Ben said, we will be sending out a release on this. So I was trying to be patient and just wait for information. And as you well know, the Social media um, avenues just blew up with people who had acquaintances or friends or relatives who were in the mall who said, I'm, you know, I'm locked down in a store and, you know, just didn't understand what was going on for a long time. So you can imagine how scary that mm. must have been. So that's how yeah. that's how I got wind of it. Yeah, that's interesting that you're that dialed in. Of course, you've been doing this long enough that you kind of can narrow down what you think was happening even though you didn't know exactly yeah you knew it was for instance it was not an active shooter it was outside you know that that fascinates me well i'm i'm pretty uh adept 
from having a police scanner on my desk for 40 years at tuning in and tuning out. And sometimes I do surprise myself, you know, because that um, chatter in the background can be really annoying when I'm trying to write, you know, maybe some some complicated topic. But I don't know. It, it's maybe just a instinctive, God-given talent to be able to, like, pay attention, you know. And, and it all you have to do is hear the word shooting, and I grab a pen and a piece of paper and start taking notes. Yeah, unfortunately, you've had to do that a lot. Yes, indeed. Man. Yes. I, uh, I, you've, you've covered it all. You've seen it all. But I just, uh, anything like this last year, I mean, that, that just had to be, you had to be shaking your head every day. Yes, that's a kind way of saying what I did every day. <laughs> you know, I'm fond of saying some people roll over in the morning and kiss their spouse and say good morning. I roll over, look at my phone and go, oh, mm, because there might be a, you know, a press release about an overnight shooting or or something. Um, it's just exhausting. I'm just tired. I'm I'm tired. My colleagues in law enforcement and the and. The prosecutors and the defense attorneys, everybody is just tired. And the media. <laughs> well, the media, yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> and the and, media, and Je- yes. And, and, Jeff, you had in Tuesday's paper, you had the reaction of people. Mary mentioned the social media. You actually talked to people that either were in the mall or had kids in the mall. Yeah. You know, and, on, the, and on a Saturday, there's a lot of people in a mall, I would think. Yeah, and kind of what Mary was touching on, too, the, you know, the – the preliminary information, even from people inside the mall, obviously they're in a different part of the mall where this is happening, and uh, you hear things like active shooter, and, you know, it's it's traumatizing, I imagine. Um, the same way you hear, this is kind of the, um, the balance we have to strike, too, doing what we do versus kind of being so reactive on social media. I always find it terribly irresponsible when you'll see some kind of school shooting or um you know bridge collapse and they'll say you know uh reports uh, 20 dead and then it goes to 17 and then it goes to 14 and so instead of just you know kind of waiting for the information to come out you jump the gun um and uh no pun intended there but it um yeah so we you know uh we went with the information that we went with at the time. We were right, and you know, it, but it, it turned out to be not obviously as as frightening a result as people had feared. But at the time, when you're you hear active shooter and you're shopping for a prom dress, as one woman was doing with right. her daughter, it's uh, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I know one parent you talked to, Jeff, had she was at a game or somewhere else, and she didn't know. Your daughter's in the mall, I guess. Yeah, this Didn't is know. Mary. You know, this is Heidi. Yes, this is Heidi. Uh, yeah, she's a juvenile probation officer. So talk about somebody who's seen it all. She, she sees it on the, on the back end. The kids who have come through the system, and she's trying to help them. You know, they've gotten adjudicated as delinquent minors, and she's. If I didn't say juvenile probation officer, I meant to. Um, and then it's her job to help guide them through probation. So. Um, yeah, I, I think I neglected to mention them when I talked about the groups of people who are tired. Um, so, yeah, she had, and and uh, her um, her former husband is a police officer, so they get up-close views. Her children are used to hearing <laughs> bad stories at the supper table. So is mine. I hope I haven't set my kid up for therapy, you know, 
long-term therapy as an adult. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah. Mary, Mary Schenk is with us from the News Gazette. Of course, Jeff D'Alessio, the editor of the News Gazette. Any comments along the way here? 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. So, Mary, if you can outline for us uh, what happened Saturday. It started with shoes, right, apparently, allegedly? That's that's what I'm told. So mm-hmm. j- just so um, people understand the source of my information, I I wait for the police to finish their reports. Those reports get forwarded to the state's attorney's office, and the state's attorney decides, based on what they have read in the police reports, um, what, if anything, to charge. So the information I get usually comes from either the police via the state's attorney's office, um, and this is what I'm hearing in court. So in this particular case, um, apparently, you know, as we know, these two young people are interested in the same pair of shoes, uh, in the same size that I think it was maybe the last model available and they got into a verbal argument about it and and the woman who eventually was arrested left the store and I guess my first thought when I heard this shooting it's you know so often it's usually people who know each other so I was a bit surprised to hear that this was a strange these two were strangers to each other so they, uh, she retreats from the store, and she told the police that the male that she was arguing with had threatened to pop her. And pop is a street parlance for shoot. So um, she, she leaves, she goes to another store, and this is where it gets kind of gray, but this is the information the police got from her is that he followed her, apparently, to the other store and punched her. So, uh, you know, <laughs> she's obviously angry. It's gone from a verbal dispute over a pair of shoes to a physical dispute. Um, so then she follows him saying that she was going to go to his car and get his license plate so that she could contact the police. And she admits that she's chasing him. And that, that's the word that was used in the, um, in the synopsis I was given, chasing him near the food court. People see that she is chasing him. And then he appeared to be reaching for something in his pocket, so she shot him. So we can only surmise what she thinks he's reaching for in his pocket. And this by this time, they were outside the door. So they're out in the parking lot by the food court entrance, and she shoots him in the leg. So there you have it. Hmm. Oh, well, by the way, he, uh, yeah. he, he, he disputed, I believe, um, let me, let's see. Forgive me, I'm reviewing my well, written okay. synopsis. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. see. When asked why she followed him after he punched her, which is kind of weird. I would think if I got punched, I'd retreat to a corner, but that's me. She stated she needed to get his license plate. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and he okay. admitted, I guess, to police he did so, but claimed it was because Mitchell came close to him. That's correct. There yeah. you go. That's what it's, I was looking that for. Was, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just thanks, the, Brian. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. This is the other interesting thing I read uh, in your in your article. It said, press for details of the shooting. Mitchell could not provide any. She also told police her sister had witnessed the entire episode, but she declined to give her sister's name to police. Right. So. Oh, and she was also alarmed by the fact that he supposedly had on a ski mask. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose, you know, obviously we'll hear more when this mm-hmm. gets to uh, court at a preliminary hearing or a uh, trial down the road, if there is a trial. Mm-hmm. So, The uh, charge has been a Class X felony. Um, yes. Def- describe that for me. What is um, that's a mandatory prison sentence of between six and thirty years. If you shoot someone with a gun, it's aggravated battery with a firearm. So that ratchets it up, as opposed to punching somebody. An aggravated battery in a public place is usually a class three felony, probation two to five. If you punch a cop, that's aggravated battery to a police officer. That ratchets it up to a class two. But um, if you're going to wound somebody, it's uh, that sh- a class X felony is the worst there is short of murder. Mm-hmm. All right. Two one two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number text line. Two one seven three five one five three five seven. All right. Got a email here, I believe, or yeah, email, I guess, from Phil says, uh, as has been the case every week for decades, News Gazette has once again chosen to conduct a trial before the trial in the media. While it may be terrifying to have a shooting at the mall, it must be remembered this woman is presumed innocent and has a right to be presumed innocent. Uh, D'Alessio and Shank don't know if this case is another George Zimmerman or Kyle Rittenhouse stand-your-ground case. Just because the state's attorney has charged the woman doesn't mean she's guilty. Uh, Reitz as often has lost murder cases, the most recent Gus Edwards murder case, for example, even when they had video, DNA, and eyewitnesses. There comes a point... When you need to go from providing information to fear-mongering, this show is an inappropriate media trial to spread more fear, Phil says in Champaign. So, well, I don't know. Uh, either either I, one of you can. Jump I totally on that. agree with Phil that she's presumed innocent. I also know that a prosecutor is allowed to give a certain amount of information about what they know uh, of a crime, so that a judge can set bond. Yeah, and I think it's a little, I mean, it's a little bit unrealistic to, it, or he's not supposed to write about it, um, you know, not provide any detail. It, um, or, you know, both sides are heard. Um, we have kind of his version and her version. It's not like we're, you know, quoting anonymous sources or, um, I just, I don't know. I, I again, I, I completely agree on the, on the part about she's presumed innocent, but, you know, some, some of the facts aren't, I don't think, in question anymore. And she admitted to shooting him. Um, the, and she and she had a, a, you know, it's worth noting, she had a, uh, which is unusual in any shooting these days around here anyway, she had a concealed carry license and a FOID card. Um, when I was doing one of the most fascinating exchanges I had with anyone during this gun violence series was Tony Brown and Rantoul, who said he can't remember the last time he had a gun case that didn't involve an illegal firearm. So um, mm. this this wasn't the case in this instance, and right. that made it a little bit different than the typical gun case. You know, case. The, and the other thing about 
conducting a trial. I mean, I what Jeff said, people want to know a little bit more information. The information's out there. I, I'm not uh, running around interviewing uh, witnesses myself. I'm not a police detective. I'm a conduit to the public for the information that the police have collected. And furthermore, I try very hard and pride myself on following cases to the end. Sometimes I think I'm a professional secretary because cases get continued and continued and I move them forward in my little dinosaur-like future file. Um, And we will report what happens to this woman when she either it's either going to be dismissed or she's going to plead guilty or she's going to go to trial and a jury will hear. And I I do my best to cover jury trials like uh, in high profile cases start to finish, sometimes much to Jeff's chagrin, because I'll come back and say, I got a long one today, you know, and I struggle to filter, you know, all the information. So, um, you know, you don't get that kind of reporting on television you know they don't they don't have the time or the the resources to cover trials so anyway i'm sorry if we're uh offending phil with too much information Mm -hmm. well and uh, does she have an attorney yet do we know i mean i assume uh you know i i'm sure she does and um i forgot to note okay on my own sheet i could look it up but Typically at arraignment, you either get a public defender, you come in with your own attorney, you get a public defender appointed if you cannot afford one, or you ask the judge for a continuance to give you time to hire an attorney. To hire one. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, Jeff and Mary, hang on. I need to get a break in here. We're near the bottom of the hour already. This is going to go really fast, I think, and we've got several texts and a couple of callers waiting. So let me get a break in, and then we'll come back. We'll continue with... Jeff D'Alessio, the editor of the News Gazette. Of course, Mary Schenk, who covers all of this for us with the uh, News Gazette. And we'll continue with more here in just a moment. Ten thirty-two. as we roll along here on this Wednesday, our community conversation today. I'm in New Jersey. We have Mary Schenk and Jeff D'Alessio in the studio. we got basketball coming up tonight. All right, a lot of folks here starting to weigh in a little bit. Uh, somebody had a question, and I think you covered this already, but did the shooter uh, have the gun in the mall or go to her car and get the gun? Sorry, I think I may have missed that part, listener says. I I don't know the answer to that. My assumption okay. is it was probably with her in a purse, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, who A texter wants to know who had the shoes by the time the two parties <laughs> got to the parking lot. Somebody Inquir- wants to know. <laughs> inquiring minds. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We don't know that either. I, I assumed it was her, but maybe not. Yeah. I, well, she I, left I to go to a second store, so maybe it wasn't her. Well, at least people maybe aren't she... interested in the details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's go to uh, Cindy. Uh, Cindy, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. You guys do Hi. not need to defend yourself. They. I hear her. You know. I'm sorry that text got through because I have immense respect for these people. You know, they, 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 you're not fear-mongering. You're doing your job. And we need to know, you know, I've been here my whole life. I need to know if I'm going to be traveling toward the mall, if it's, I'm going to be stopped by a police presence, you know, that we really need to know. But I did have one question um, that I heard on WDWS, that she had a prior battery charge. 
And then that makes me wonder what she's doing with the Floyd that can still carry. Because, uh, as you know, is that is that correct or not? No, uh, it's slightly incorrect. She has a pending domestic battery. Back to Phil, she is presumed innocent. That case has not been um, resolved yet. I see. Okay, so that's where I, I as a, you know... And Illinois law understanding. I was like, what is she doing with it yeah, still? Yeah. Okay, so it's it's it's, it's pending. pending. That helped me. Thank you very much. And you guys do a great job. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank Bye. you for the call. We appreciate that. I believe Bill is up next. Hey, Bill, good morning. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of them. Oh, comments okay. and questions. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I want to know, was um, um, shoes made in China by slave labor? I assume the boy was black. I know the girl was black. She had the concealed carry permit. And back last summer when we had the two cops shot here in town, how many seconds did all that take to go down? When the guy reached in his pocket, she's not a trained police officer. You know, give her a break. Julia Reitz is the worst State's attorney, in my opinion, sees the problem with all these guns and crime in Champaign. And right. also, hang on, I'm not. Okay, done. well, I'm just telling you, I got, I got a lot, of, I got a lot of people want to talk, I, I so know. make, make it quick. Okay. So I'll make it go. quick. Okay, Joe Biden had said, I think back, I don't know, a year, or two years ago, maybe. To grab a shotgun and shoot these guys in the leg. Remember that? If you don't, look it up. And the Democrats are, they're the ones, defund the cops, don't do shit about the goddamn whoa. gun crime. Whoa, whoa. Uh, sorry. I, but okay, I think we, we cleared that out before that got on, so... <laughs> All right. Any, any. There's a lot there. That's a wide range yeah, of stuff there. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, Nike has factories all over the world. I'm not sure where the shoes were made or if they were Nikes, but I would assume okay. they yeah. typically are. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Scott, I believe, is up next. Hi, Scott. Hey. Uh, this is for Mary, and it goes back a little ways to the uh, Carol Ammons investigation. Okay. Um, did you ever get the final report from the state? police on that incident because basically all i heard the way it was re resolved it was that was it was a mistake well who made the mistake the camera the people that reported the 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 uh, shoplifting or the police officer that made the report who made the mistake in that incident is what i've been trying to find out okay and i don't know if i'll get an answer well, I don't know right. you'll, if you'll get an answer either. I Thank I you, Scott. Go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. It was Representative Ammons who used the word she made a mistake. And, you know, I, it's, I've slept since I read the redacted version of the reports. But let's just say that was all thoroughly reviewed at the Office of the State Appellate Prosecutor. So it was he and his team of attorneys who made the decision not to charge her. Yeah, and you, you, the only way to prove otherwise is to somehow 
get in her head and see if you can figure out intent. I mean, it was, it was said she did it, didn't mean to do it. And, you know, if that's, if that's a good enough answer, then that's mm-hmm. kind of what you get. Right? Theft comes with, in the body of the charges, intent to permanently deprive. 217-356-9397. Let's see here. When people are involved in shootings, a texter says, that started with who gets a pair of shoes, you have to question values. Um, Amen. (laughs) That's probably true, I would think. Uh, Kudos uh, to Jeff and the News Gazette. What he and the News Gazette is doing to get ahead of the gun violence in our community is necessary. We appreciate it. And Mary. So, so, and Mary, of course. Yes, we don't don't forget about Mary. Hmm. Um, bleeding hard Phil needs to brush up on the law even with a concealed carry license guns banned from the mall self-defense means you're in imminent danger you don't go chasing him knowing he may have a gun and guns are definitely banned from the mall um, and so that is that's a question that you know will, will probably get answered uh, at some point coming up um, whether she actually had it in the mall at the time uh, I went out there just out of curiosity actually to take a picture of a few signs thinking I would just get the concealed carry logo on the exterior of the doors. And there's signs all over the mall, um, three different kinds of signs that say either no weapons or see something, say something. Um, kind of a, actually surprising. Actually, on signs as you're driving into the mall. Um, so I don't I don't think they've been there for mm. as long as I've been here. But um, it's pretty – you can't miss it, um, no weapons allowed. Uh, another text says, hi, Brian, kudos to the lady for having a legal gun and a CCL. When I took the course, we were told if your life is threatened to eliminate the threat, what would have happened if a kid had a gun and pulled it out and shot and killed her? Um, that's on the uh, text line. Uh, I think we go back to the phones here. Is Mark with us here? Mark, go ahead. Good morning. I read yesterday uh, Vaughn Young's uh, response in the morning and then in the afternoon i read a different version uh of his response in his early morning version uh there was nothing there uh concerning the city council uh members of uh the the city manager's office and the mayor and he had very harsh criticism in the uh from that aspect of it and yet in the morning none of that was in the paper and in the afternoon uh, two or three paragraphs mysteriously appear. And I'm wondering, uh, why did that happen? Is that something that uh, you edit and then come back later and, and add stuff? Or, or uh, was that deliberate, inadvertent, just uh, a time crunch? What was that? Uh, none of the above, Mark. It was actually just kind of trying to get a lot more voices in the print version. Uh, nothing was added in the morning or the afternoon. The difference was... And Vaughn and I have spoken of this, and I think we're on the same page now. Uh, the print version had the first five or six paragraphs of his answer, which might have been like 18 paragraphs total. The online version, which is always expanded with things like this, it had the full answer. Uh, why, don't you, why didn't you just pay uh, condensed for time space or something like that? Because well, if that, you look at the online version and the uh, print version, uh, his his statements are entirely uh, almost two different. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I agree with that. I, he's certainly going down that road without saying, without calling out the mayor in the 
city manager. And, you know, that's certainly a good idea and something I'll consider in the future. I will say, again, as I explained to Vaughn, this has not been an issue, if you've been reading this series, that we've shied away from. Several people have said this very thing. Well, I, so it's, well, it's great, but I'm, I'm just talking about one case right. where you know, two different versions of the story out there, and I think it's incumbent upon the News Gazette if it's going to be uh, unbiased and unfiltered that you put down, this has been edited for content. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you that every answer that's run, uh, 213 answers that have run in the series have all been edited for content. I, I, well, then you, know. you need to say that. Well, because okay. It's, I think it's, I would hope it's kind of implied by now that the difference between print and online being that online you often get right. a lot more. Um, but no, it's a good idea. And I, I'd certainly take it to heart. And I, and you know, I have no problem adding that uh, if that would make a difference. Mark, right. Jeff has but, editor behind his name. But I'm not, you know, I'm not like picking out pieces of it or anything like that. There's nothing, you know, there's no intent. There was nothing uh, disingenuous about the process. It's, uh, you know, again, it was just a matter of, I think I had 19 people in there and, you know, wanted to get them all in. And sometimes you can't run their full answers. So that's all, right. all it was. Well, and uh, letters to the editor, too. I mean, they have to be edited and. Right. I mean, for uh, yeah. cleaning up gram- grammatical errors, I mean, and things like that. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I do do that um, with, uh, you know, commas and semicolons and periods and all that. But, um, yeah, letters to the editor are pretty much, you know, set rule going in no more than 250 words. So mm-hmm. uh, and I think we rarely stray from that. Mm-hmm. Mary Shank is with us. Jeff Delessi with us. Thank Mark for your call. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line two one seven three five one five three five seven. We are at nine forty or nine forty three. Ten forty three. Man, I'm going to Pacific time now. Uh, <laughs> let me get a break in here real quick. Come back with our guests. We've got some more emails and texts that have come in, and we'll continue with uh, visiting with Mary and Jeff after this. All right, 1046, am I right? Central time here as we come your way. I'm in New Jersey. We have uh, Mary Schink and Jeff D'Alessio with it, with us uh, here today talking about the incident at the mall on Saturday afternoon and the, kind of the details there and reaction to it and uh, their coverage of it and so forth. Uh, one emailer here says, uh, please thank Mary for doing a great job. I don't know how she keeps her sanity after watching the parade people at their worst on a day-by-day basis. Somebody so thinks I'm sane. <laughs> so kudos to you, Mary. Thank you. Uh, and, and I believe we have Vaughn Young on the line. Uh, he's called in. Vaughn, are you there? Hello, Vaughn. Yes, Do I'm here. Have... Oh, go me? ahead, Vaughn. Uh, I saw you were up hey. there, so go ahead. Thank, thank you very much for taking my call, Brian. Sure. Um, I'm just I'm responding to the conversation that Jeff had with Mark Medlin. And I know that Jeff and I have been emailing back and forth, and I still have some concerns. The article that I wrote, Jeff mentioned that it was about 18 paragraphs. It was not 18 paragraphs. And in the letter that he asked me to write, he asked me to ask about how I would spend the money for the COVID funds. That was not really addressed in what was in the newspaper. And I mentioned the fact that I didn't think that, you know, the money needed to be spent on another 
feel-good program when there are other things out there that could benefit the police. The police in this community have been handcuffed by the mayor, the city council, and the city manager in the way they do their job. Any police officer on the street knows the way that you take felons off the street and guns off the street, narcotics off the street, is by conducting traffic stops. Our police department has basically been hampered and cannot even take those, make those stops. And here's another note that you may be interested in. Right now, there is such complete anarchy in the town right now that when the police go to make a person stop in a traffic stop, that they don't even stop anymore for the police. And the police cannot even pursue. So my question is, you know, when the, the article went out, there was a version, an edited version of what I put in, and then Jeff told me later that people read it online in a different version. How do people even know that these two versions exist? And if that's the case, then yes, there is misrepresentation as to what the News Gazette is putting out for people to read. Yeah. Uh, and I know that was a lot. No, the, the, thanks for um, calling, Vaughn. Uh, and... Um, we can have this conversation a little bit more in depth online or offline. Uh, I, I think it, I misspoke. I think I meant 18 sentences, but, um, but either way, it was a great answer. It was interesting. I certainly didn't mean to misrepresent your, your view. Uh, and I'm glad you got it out here. Uh, as far as the, you know, maybe it's, it's my naivety that I just assumed that people knew that there was a difference between print and online and that, we we do expanded versions of probably half the stuff in the paper um, online, uh, and sometimes we run these little buttons that say you know to join the conversation or to uh, you know to read more or go to newsgazette.com, but don't necessarily do it for you know to read more from Von Young. Go to newsgazette.com, and maybe we need to do that. Uh, we can talk offline, but I'd be uh, I had one question for you, but then I wanted to tell you something. Uh, Certainly, be willing to run your answer in full in the in the newspaper, and I'll do it. Uh, if you want to run it in it tomorrow, I will. If we want to wait till the next part of the conversation, I'd be happy to do that on Tuesday. The reason I was a little bit time crunched with this one only because, and this is my own fault. I asked too many people the same question. Uh, the vote was last night, so it felt like I really had to get the the everyone's opinion on champagne in yesterday's paper and. I just ran out of room. Um, the The question I had for you was, uh, so Champagne is now, it's actually in our paper today, uh, have, is advertising for police officers and put out uh, put out uh, quite a few bits of information yesterday as far as the requirements and the starting salary and all that. What And I've asked this of other people. I've been kind of fascinated by their responses. Are they going to have a hard time filling all these positions? I mean, is there a is there a scenario where you know they're just going to be people down forever? I I don't know the answer to that, but right now, yes, it is way down forever because right now the mood on the Champaign Police Department is that people that are there are very you know very exhausted from what has taken place. Nobody is applying for these jobs. I mean. Two, three years ago, they were getting four and 500 people applying. Right. Now they're lucky if they're getting 100. And, I mean, I have my own perceptions as to what has caused this. I'm not going to air them publicly, but I think that the whole police department right now, the morale is really bad. 
because they feel like they're not getting any support from the mayor, the manager, or the city council. And I think until something changes along those lines, you're not going to see people that want to come to work for the Champaign Police Department. And yes, if you would like to run that whole article that I wrote, tomorrow's paper, I would appreciate it because what was printed was not what I said and what the public needs to see. I'm a, I'm a veteran of 36 years of law enforcement. I've never seen crime like this. And I've been in this community since 1974. I've never seen it like this. This is unprecedented, and it needs to stop because we're seeing people getting hurt for no reason. One more. Uh, sorry, Brian. Um, no, go ahead. The, so as a former lieutenant in the department, when you are down this many officers and this many you know, administrators. Well, we, nev- we never were. Or, no, I'm we sorry. It's, uh, oh, okay. Speaking with someone with your expertise, knowing the situation Correct. now. What is yeah. what's the effect of that? What does what does having fewer police officers available mean as far as covering shifts, responding to shootings? What's the what is how what's the the bad side of this? That the bad that, side of this is the public is not being protected when officers are hitting the street, and they're hitting the street with maybe four to five officers covering the whole city of Champaign, and they have to call back officers to hit the mandate that says the minimum requirement is eight. Can you think about th- think about that? There's parts of the city that are not even seeing a police car all day long unless they're getting called there. The police officers now are handcuffed to the point that they're only responding to only uncall emergency phone c- or calls. So yeah, there's a lot going on here and I don't know what it's gonna take to get it changed, but I know that there needs to be, whoever the new police chief is, that they do end up hiring needs to be able to come in and do his job and get this police department back to where it needs to be so that the citizens of this champ of, the, of champagne are getting the protection that they pay their tax dollars for okay last thing do you want to come on the radio yeah. next uh, wednesday at 10 o'clock and be our guest <laughs> next week Seriously. i have no problems doing that whatsoever okay i Great. think i think people like to hear your oh sure your we'd love to have in, you on vaughn yeah we owe you, so i would yeah. I okay. Have, I'll I reach out to you right after the show. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. I appreciate the offer. Thanks. Thank yep. you. Have a Thank good day. you, Vaughn. No, great to hear from you. Yeah, Vaughn, of course, uh, what, 20 years with the Champaign Police Department, uh, retired as the first African American lieutenant on that department. So, uh, vast experience. Uh, let's see here. Texas, I'd like to compliment Mary and Jeff on the work they do for the News Gazette. This community is blessed with great local newspaper that too few people read daily. I have too many neighbors that make fun of the News Gazette as being beneath their attention. I think the New York Times, and and they think that the New York Times is the only paper worth reading. Kudos to you both for your work. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I personally take the print edition. I think both guests are great reporters. Keep up the good work. Uh, let's see here. I work at Marketplace Mall. I can say the security staff are unprofessional and underpaid. They barely paid above the minimum wage. Uh, I don't, and maybe you've got numbers on this, Mary. This has been the fourth shooting that's occurred at Marketplace since Dennis has been the manager there. Says a lot of the integrity of taking safety measurements. I don't sure have Marketplace shootings. Yeah. So yeah. I just have numbers for okay. the cities. So there was yeah. a bizarre, like, remember the hostage case from a few years ago where they ended up in Texas and someone said she was 
taking houses and she really wasn't um but i, I don't i certainly don't remember four shootings and i've been here eight years um there have been there have been incidents where the shots were fired in the parking lot by drive-through right. shooters that mm-hmm. that unfortunately has happened more than once yeah. i think and we've seen more and, and you both know that what the, the shooting incidents and uh, you had the number the numbers uh 259 confirmed instances of shots fired in champaign last year Urbana 115, they're occurring kind of all over the place, right? I mean, right. there are a lot in certain areas, but, I mean, they're not just limited to one part of town. No. Rantoul had 43, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, the the number and not just the number of cases, but the firepower is what's increasing and is very scary. I had never heard the term in 40 years of working drum magazine until about, uh, a year ago, not even, I'm looking, but yeah, December of 20, where uh, two guys in a car on 45 unloaded on deputies who were trying to do a traffic stop. Um, and, you know, the the amount of firepower out there is scary. You know, the police are pulling up and, you know, that's why we report the number of shell casings. It's not just one or two, it's 14 or 40 these days. All right, uh, I believe, and you, uh, Jeff mentioned the city council last night, 7 nothing the vote on the $3.2 million annual for different organizations in town. I believe Dave is still on the line. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I, had a, I, I love what you do, Mary. Um, I wondered if either of you saw the council meeting last night or were there. I had a, I was I edited the story last night and I uh, had a reporter there but didn't didn't watch it myself. Not I. Um, Albert Albert Moore was a guy that had his window shot out at sixteen oh one West University about a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. Okay. He got up he got up and he spoke for about five minutes. You know he's lived in the area and all this. I'm not going to go into that or what he said. But you know got up there and poured his heart out and had the. Um, the gumption to do it, which I, I'm sure took a little bit of effort on his part. You know, it's not something that people are comfortable doing, going in front of the city council. Right. But what got me was Alicia Beck's comments afterwards. I don't want to hear it. Now, I'll paraphrase some of the things she said while she said that, but those were her words. I don't even want to hear it, echoed by Mr. Fulmer. If you are not concerned about black and brown babies, this is all paraphrased, if you are not concerned about them in other parts of the town, I really don't want to hear about it when you come because it hits your white area. Hmm. Well, I think that is very divisive. It is, you know, it takes a long time to get consensus on, a, on something. And if you're going to want to get consensus, you're going to take the people that are last in, first in, and all the way in. It's not the people that come to the table last because it affected theirs that should be ostracized for getting up and saying something at a council meeting. I was flabbergasted when I heard what they said. I'm going to go back and watch it right after this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could not believe it. It was just like, this is divisive. This is not allowing people to air their grievances. And you want everyone involved. You do not want people just in black and brown neighborhoods involved. You do not want people in white neighborhoods just because somebody was shot in a black and brown neighborhood. You want the whole town involved, don't you? Absolutely. And don't ostracize people because of it. Right. All right, Dave. Thank you. Anything else? Thanks, Dave.
Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I've said this on the air before, and I know Jeff, part of your series, and I know Mary, you're dealing with the nuts and bolts of all the reporting, but it is going to take a community effort, which I think is part of the what the money last night that they approved is for, because we're not going to not going to fix this overnight. Right. We just hope people will take advantage of the good programs offered. They've got to be well, distracted sure. from violence yeah. and idleness. <laughs> Yeah, what uh, I know we had the winter storm here a couple of weeks ago. As far as pace, I mean, are we doing any better We're at so far this 13. year? As far as the number of shootings so far, um, are we? I got thirteen in Champaign by the end of January, which it, okay. it, it was it was deep into twenty twenty one before we had our first uh, homicide by firearm. Um, Is that right? Uh, so I I don't know as far as pace. I would imagine that we're probably behind the pace um but we're more than making up for it in covid deaths we have 52 covid deaths in 2022 already in champaign county alone 52 oh yeah yep april 9th was our first murder in the county last year is that right well the and you know it sounds trite but there is a weather correlation (laughs) Uh, there is a bit of a weather correlation um but you know now we at this time of year we just see shootings from cars (laughs) You yeah. can stay warm. <laughs> Fire out the window. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, we went a little past here at the top of the hour, but we'll get to the uh, get to the rest of the news here and uh, into the Clay Travis Buck Sexton show here next. But uh, Greg wanted to know about the gun that was used to kill Officer Oberheim. Do we know where that came from? Um, anyone being charged with selling it to the killer? I don't know. If I don't know. There certainly hasn't been any charges about selling it to the killer. Um, uh, Killer obviously is no longer with us. Um, uh, I'll look into that. Um, I, I'm not sure. You know, a lot of the uh, so a lot of the uh, issues that you have with tracing guns nowadays are that the serial number is, um, is defaced. Yeah, defaced. Or in some cases, with these these new uh, new wave, uh, you know, you ghost you guns. build forty percent of it and then have to you know come with sixty percent of it. Uh, ghost guns that don't have to uh, have any kind of identification marker on them. So um, I don't th- I don't think that was the case in this incident as far as a ghost gun, but we'll check it out. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I get this frequently. People mention, you know, don't use the term gun violence. The gun's an inanimate object. Obviously, people fire them. Criminals use them. Um, but what do you want? Gun people violence, violence? Is used more, it's it's, it's more, of, it's more of a descriptor than anything, yes. isn't it? I don't think yeah. anybody's... You know, right. you know I, I could say knife violence and fist violence right. in every domestic, you know, almost. Mm-hmm. I, you know. Yeah. We get uh, it. Guns s- don't shoot people. People right. shoot people. Yeah. We yeah. know. With a gun. Well, uh, I was going to ask you both, just going forward, I get Mary, you'll continue, you know, covering the stories as they come in. And, and Jeff, uh, we'll continue our series, right? Well, well obviously, we're going to have Vaughn we'll on next, next week's, Wednesday. Next so. week's guest, um, which is <laughs> the earliest uh, we've confirmed one, so I'm glad. Um, <laughs> but, no, I really do think he, he, he brings an interesting perspective. Mary knows him better than I do, but he's Parkland police chief for 12 years, I think, after Champaign. Father um, father of police officers. Father of police officers. Mm-hmm. So, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a highly respected community member, so um, it w- and has some opinions to share. And uh, you will read more of them in tomorrow's news gazette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll continue on Tuesdays. You'll have your uh, the forum, and uh, 
you can go a lot of different directions, I guess, and we'll continue to follow up on Wednesday. So yeah, I'm, you know, the, I'm uh, kind of curious. I don't know if the political thing worked yesterday. Um, you know, they weren't all that revealing in answers, but I may try to pursue that a little bit further at the state representative level. Um, just to kind of, I'm always, I'm fascinated by people's responses to several questions, and one of them is, can we arrest our way out of this problem? Because um, I think there's a part of people that kind of says, well, you have to have some element of that. You know, you can't, but but it can't be all you do. So um, we that can was, sure slow it down. Yeah. The U.S. That, Marshals have been quite active in our area, I might add. They, they seem to have resources that, uh, well, if you're a patrol <laughs> officer yeah. in Champaign, you're, you're doing accidents and domestics and stuff. You don't have time to go looking for the bad guys who that, you know, the police know who the who the real instigators of crime are, and I'm sure they've got a fistful of warrants uh, that they'd like to serve. So um, anyway, sorry. Well, I just wanted to thank you both for coming on today and uh, answering questions and shedding some light on all of this. Uh, appreciate, uh, admire your work as colleagues on that side of things, and uh, you do a great job. So thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. You bet. We appreciate it. Mary Shank and Jeff D'Alessio with us here today on A Penny for Your Thoughts. And we'll have uh, Vaughn Young on with us uh, next Wednesday in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll have Abib Abib join us for a little bit tomorrow. I'll tell you about an endeavor that's happening at the University of Illinois when it comes to electricity. Uh, Jim Dye will be with us uh, coming up as well on Friday in the 10 o'clock hour. And he's got a column today on all of this. So check it out in the print and online, all the different aspects that we're covering this, uh, both on the, the print and the radio side. Thanks to Blake Landa for his help today and for Ed Bond here, engineering from uh, New Jersey. We've got the uh, Buck Sexton, Clay Travis show coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow morning, hopefully after the line I win. Let's count on it, huh? Win over Rutgers. We'll talk about it tomorrow as well. And LeConte Nix as well, the coach at Champaign Central. WDWS Champaign-Urbana, let's get ready for our next program.